they came with this big jewelry box. Yeah. And said, please you pick, pick something some. Yes. All the advantages of cancer. <laughs> I'm Debbie Gallant, and you're listening to The Chemo Files. Like a spa. spa, like a free spa. <gasps> Milk it. Milk it. <laughs> we all know that Groucho routine about not belonging to a club that would have you as a member. I was a member of the Friars Club, and the first time I went there, I was surrounded by barbers and dentists and, uh, well, a whole group of people that I have very little in common with unless I need my teeth pulled out. So after the third week, I sent him a telegram and says, please accept my resignation. I don't want to belong to any club that will accept me as a member. (laughs) But what if you can't resign? I'm a member of a club like that, a club that extended a warm welcome, but which, truth be told, I'd rather not belong to in the first place. I call it the Cancer Sisterhood. It's a vast network of women who've had some kind of cancer, mostly breast cancer. It's kind of like a sorority, I guess. I don't know, I wasn't a sorority type myself, where you can ask the girls in the class ahead of you what comes next. Yeah, that's what I did. And then how long did it take for your hair to go back? It took a fucking long time. That's what people are telling me. I know. Like any kind of sorority, there's all kinds of sisters. That's my friend Christina giving me the bad news about the hair, and up at the top, talking about Operation Bling, that was Eleanor. You know what? I'm going to mention a lot of names in this episode. They're all important to me, but don't worry. This isn't serial. I don't expect you to keep track. um, Israel, one of the managers, just was really sweet to me. And he said, if there's anything we can do for you. Kiata, she's the party sister. Thank you very much. Let's see what you can do. And he said, well, if you'd like to have an event here. Here she is at her boobai party. A boobai party that's boob, B-O-O-B, by, B-Y-E, is a gathering the night before a mastectomy. This is actually Kiata's second boobai party. She said goodbye to her other boob about a year ago. You know, how did it come to you even the first time that you would ma- turn it into some kind of a celebration? I, I was living with my boyfriend at the time, and we, we were having problems. And I was terrified, and I wanted support. And I didn't think he could give it to me. In fact, I knew he, you know, he would probably come home late and I would just be sitting home on the couch, you know, by myself with a lot of fear. So I like to plan parties and I just thought, I want to have a gathering of girlfriends. And for me, a gathering of girlfriends is more than five or six. It's like I invite a hundred and about 50 come. So that's how that Julie Maloney, another cancer sister reached out to me through Facebook. I, I, had, I had a woman who, her son was in, I think, high school with my daughter at one time. I really didn't know her. But when she found out I had breast cancer, she called me and she all she said to me was, if you ever need me, call me. If you ever need me, call me. And one night I had a terrible night of anxiety. Terrible. And... For some reason, I thought of this woman. Hmm. And I called her, and she was out to dinner, and she said, I'm coming to your house. She came to my house, she came upstairs to my bedroom, and she gave me a foot massage. Oh, my God. She gave me a foot massage, she talked to me, and I will never forget it. And I hardly knew this woman. 
And I really do think those are the people that change your heart, that come into your heart, and you want to give that back to someone else. Since July, I've been at both ends of that phone call. Sometimes I'm the one who needs help, and sometimes I'm the voice of comfort. But because I'm still a relative newcomer, I've definitely received more than I've given. Here's a good example. After Kiata's second mastectomy, when I discovered she was, and sorry, there's little dignity in cancer, constipated, I ran over with some herbal sanity. The next day, I got a text message. OMG, that tea you gave me is magical. Now, every time I go to the bathroom, I think of you and am so grateful. What I got in return? Quite a lot for a package of Senna tea. Kiata told me about Mary's Place by the Sea, a retreat in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, where women with cancer, any kind of cancer, can go for free for a weekend of massage, makeovers, Reiki, and just overall pampering. I went in early December. Taste it and let me know what you okay. think. Okay. Also, I have wonderful news. What? Yeah. Lunch is ready. <gasps> oh, my oh, God. Ooh, I love okay. it. It's right in the dining room. Okay. And in the meantime, I'm just going to run your bags upstairs. Oh, my God. This is all my junk. Is that too much? No. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I'm not used to being pampered. <laughs> I know. It's part of the deal. Like, um, at Mary's Place, we have... Many hands to serve, so mm-hmm. you're here to relax. Okay. Mm-hmm. After supper, I mean, after lunch and breakfast, you don't clean off your plate. That's like, you just leave it. Lots of extraordinary things happened that weekend, but none more powerful than the two-and-a-half-hour conversation I had Friday night with Sister Joanne, a member of the Religious Sisters of Mercy. I'm finding the women I've met here at Mary's Place are very similar to the women I've lived with in community, and that is know how to listen to each other, know how to respect what you're hearing, and learn from. Um, We have to make room for each other. Women do that very well. We naturally know how to put people in touch with good connections. We're good connectors and good networkers. It seems to be in our blood. So on a Friday night or a Saturday night, conversations take like place around this table like every weekend every weekend if we're not here we're up in the tv room rarely is the tv on mm-hmm. and with our feet up in the air we talk about very profound things about the essence of life uh, uh knowing how to face ourselves um knowing how to even talk to ourselves and i heard that in our conversation this evening lots of pearls of wisdom I'm nearing the end of my five months of chemo. The regimen is 16 infusions. I only have two left. So I'm starting to think about what happens after you finish. Will I be getting scans to see if there's cancer showing up in my bones? Should I be looking into clinical trials? Hey, how about this one in Philly where they're testing a brand new cancer vaccine delivered four times by electrified needle? Does that sound legit? And not a dig at my oncologist, but I'm not always getting very in-depth answers to these questions. That vaccine in Philly, for instance, he hadn't heard about it. And other clinical trials aimed at my particular situation, triple negative breast cancer, 
not really on his radar. That's the thing. Sometimes I have to remind myself, the guys in the white coats, they're like foot soldiers in a massive war, triaging hundreds of patients for a disease which will claim 600,000 American lives before the end of this year. And I'm just one patient. And that's where the cancer sisterhood picks up the slack. Each of us is just one patient. But we're doing that thing Sister Joanne says women are so good at. We're networking. We're sharing. We're not trained medical doctors, but we're trained medical patients. Each of us is on a quest to survive, so we investigate. And if you put it all together, that's a lot of leads, a lot of tips. It was Christina, who you heard earlier, who made me think about clinical trials. She's been in three. Doctors, they'll see you when you're scheduled for an appointment. But the sisters, they keep in touch. They're checking in, offering to have you over for tea. In online groups, they're there every day. And that's harder than it sounds. Because if you're keeping up with your cancer sisters, eventually you're going to have a conversation that sounds something like this. Um, I have... I was thinking today about five friends who've died. Mm. As a, you get into the world of cancer, right. most of them have ovarian, two with triple negative, mm. three with breast cancer. Let me think. Three all together with breast cancer, two with triple negative, three with ovarian. All have died. Um, and that's hard to yeah. process. Kathleen Pollard Vithonagay runs Triple Negative Cancer Sisters, a Facebook group 1,200 members strong. People get close to other cancer sisters and then they die, right? They do. Yeah. But I also feel like we get closer, but if we didn't get closer, our, that means our heart's turned off. Mm. I've met, I met one wonderful lady named Lisa Bartmettler, and we'd meet at my cabin, and I met her husband many times, and she fought and fought and fought and fought and was such a wonderful lady. Oh, it, it was heartbreaking that she died. But I'm a better person for knowing her. Next on the Chemo Files, exit strategy. When chemo ends in two weeks, do I get promoted from cancer patient to cancer survivor? I feel like the word survivor means that you're totally done. Like, I survived middle school. Like, I'm never going back. Right. If I die at 95 of pneumonia, then, then you can say yes. Yeah, I survived I cancer. But right now? Radiation? Clinical trials? When the threat is microscopic, how much insurance do you need? Thanks for listening to The Chemo Files. Thanks to all my cancer sisters, Chiata D'Agostino, Christina Baker-Klein, Eleanor Meeks, Julie Maloney, Kathleen Pollard-Vithonagay, and in that last clip about being a cancer survivor, Sarah Kravitz. You can keep up with Chiata's cancer journey at her blog, Beauty Through the Beast. My co-producer, Noah Levinson, edited this episode and composed all the music. He also had a big hand in the writing. Finally, a very special thank you to Mary's Place by the Sea, Supported completely by donations. Learn more at marysplacebythesea.org.